Welcome to the Science of Growth Podcast, where you'll be captivated by the fascinating world of personal development. Raymond Rivera shares dynamic insights, captivating personal accounts, and explorations into the halls of mental growth. Now sit back, brace yourself, and be transformed by the rewiring of your mind. Welcome to the Science of Growth Podcast. I'm your host once again, Raymond Rivera, MBA. I want to thank you all for listening. We're going to cover what is transformation, a three-word strategy for objective follow-up, individual sacrifice, Max Q, what is that concept, micromanagement and leadership as a necessary tool for growth, corporate hypocrisy. We're going to dig deeper into the book by Tim Grover called Relentless, a book I highly recommend. We're also going to talk about cleaners. Who are they? We're going to speak on a cleaner that I saw in action on July the 29th by the name of Bud Crawford. And we're also going to speak on four evidences of average. As one of the motivational speakers states, average is the plague. We're going to talk about it, okay? All right, so first and foremost, I know you've already told your neighbors at the local grocery store about this podcast when you were grabbing your 2% milk, and it's only going to get better. Today's episode is titled, Average organizations, why they struggle, and why cleaners don't fit in. I'm really excited about this one, but before we get into it, I want to thank all the supporters of my podcast, and I want to shout out my company, RGF Leadership Development, LLC, producing the revival in leadership and shifting paradigms every single day. You can visit the website at www.rgfleadership.com. Here is my disclaimer. My thoughts are my thoughts. I'm not a spokesman for anyone else other than Raymond Rivera, my family, and my business. So please, I want you to be wise when you listen to me, all right? Eat the watermelon and spit out the seeds. Okay, let's get into it. Average organizations, why they struggle and why cleaners don't fit in. I am not a motivational speaker. I'm not here to make you feel warm and fuzzy. I am here to challenge everything about the status quo and change paradigms. Chances are you're interested in growth, and as we progress in the circular continuum, we're going to touch on practical topics, okay? Now, this one may change your life. The majority of people listening to this podcast have a job, need a business, or maybe you're an entrepreneur. Either way, you're going to need this. So let's go. Before any transformation process begins, leaders must ask, what is the goal of the business? What is the A sort, what I term as the current state, and what is the B sort, or the goal? Better yet, are leaders prepared to transform? That's a question that must be asked amongst the organization and first amongst themselves. See, transformation is a process. Change is an event. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Change is an event. Transformation is a process. And growth takes a proper diagnosis of the current state. It takes a conversation amongst the leaders one that includes a direct intervention. Better yet, how can the leaders that produced average in the first place engage in high performance if they have never experienced it? I'm going to say that one more time. How can leaders that produced average in the first place engage in high performance if they've never experienced it? See, the enemy of great is good. The enemy of growth is comfort. Tension is normal, and how you interpret that tension is the key. 
So right now I speak to the listener. My perception of average is that average is a virus. It is the plague, as I said earlier. It is a vulgar stench that permeates the air that it occupies. So I want you to think of the greats, the Michael Jordans of the world, the Kobe Bryants. Did they live average? Their lives were not average. They were anything but average. Did they walk on eggshells and suppress their instincts? Or did they act on those instincts and adjust accordingly? To transform anything, you start with habits. You start with behaviors and actions. But you only do this so that you can diagnose what thoughts led to those actions so you can eradicate them. So one of my strategies when I go into a business are three words. Goal, actual, variance. Very simple. What is our standard? What are we actually doing? And what's the cause of not achieving the goal that we set? What is the root cause for why current organizations, thoughts, feelings, and actions are not producing results? I'll give you a one-word answer. You ready? Leaders. I've come across so many players in the C-suite that fit the same profile when their business is going under. And trust me, when it's going under, they're all the same. When it hits the fan, when you shake the cup under the most tension is when you really see what's going on in an individual, especially in leaders. When this happens, I've noticed that they point the fingers at others and they don't own their situation. They don't look in the mirror and they rarely commit unless they open up their pocketbooks. So I say put your money where your mouth is. And when it comes to money, yes, people do get funny. This is why coaching comes at a price. Now, if you're willing to invest in yourself and commit your money, chances are that you'll do the work. I know that I have. See, I've invested thousands upon thousands of dollars into my own growth. From my formal education, when I got my MBA and my bachelor's, to personal coaching and much more. See, I was coached by Bob Proctor, Tim Grover, becoming a co-author on the international best-selling book led by Jim Britt. I've invested in myself and the list goes on. Individual and organizational growth without investment is a pipe dream. Leaders who are reluctant are cautious and they are weak-minded and mentally they are turbulent. They are doubters, doubting themselves and the people that they work for. And doubt is the cause of that reluctance and creates the wall. This is the wall I speak about in my book, The Wall Within, Rewiring Your Mind for Success. This is also what I talk about in the fourth phase of the circular continuum. This is a philosophy, but I'm telling you right now through my experience that this is the truth. The wall is that point of max Q. Let's talk about this real quick. Max Q. What is max Q? It is a term referring to maximum dynamic pressure experienced by a rocket or a shuttle as it travels at its greatest velocity and experiences its highest resistance. This is the wall phase in the circular continuum. What I talk about in my book. The behaviors of the current state must die. You cannot grow without the death of the previous belief system. And most of those beliefs are sprinkled with corporate correctness. We're going to talk about this. I'm still searching for that person that created the manual for how we're supposed to act in a corporate setting. I often talk about the goggles of life in which the corporate mindset consolidates and condenses all organizational thoughts, feelings, and actions into this hypersensitive lens of judgment. It is false hypnosis. It is average and mediocre at best. It suppresses the freedom of leaders to act and chokes innovation. I hear these leaders like Simon Sinek 
and others that believe they have it all figured out, right? They talk about this one kind of absolute way in which you're supposed to motivate people. As a leader on the front lines, as an individual who's been through many difficulties in business and in life, I can confidently tell you that doesn't pay the bills. There is a way to lead people, but there is a way to lead yourself. So let's talk about this. One thing I want to state is that most of those leaders are unqualified. They demean high task-based directives and they call it micromanagement. Let me explain for a second, okay? Micro means details. Management means control. So yes, leaders over organizations must control the details if their teams lack competence and or commitment. It is situational. There is not one size that fits all types of leaders. Doesn't work. Been there, done that. You actually need to micromanage not only yourself and control all the details of how you think, how you act, and what you believe, but you also should do that in teams in which people are new. You need to bring directives. This is why this is situational. If you're not micromanaging the details in your own life, then I'd say you're not committed to your own personal development. So in the circular continuum, growth means a change or a transformation from paradigm to emancipation. In the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, he said that discipline equals freedom. But how do you know if you are fulfilling the mission unless you control the details of that mission? This is why I call it corporate hypocrisy. It's personal delusion. In a lot of cases, it's corporate psychopathy. We'll speak on this more in, in, in future episodes. But seriously, how dumb do you think we are? This is why most hypersensitive corporations have turnover issues in the workforce. Because people on the front lines see right through it all. They see right through you. This is easily a million dollar annual problem on the P&L. That's the profit and loss statement. And there must be a dissolution of all previous beliefs concerning the necessity for the current state to continue. If the organization is plagued with average leaders who believe that they know success, but the results show differently. They're living in a fairy tale. How many of you have seen this in action? Whatever platform you're hearing me on, I want you to leave me a message or an email because I want to know. Also, the C-suite of that organization, not only are they lying to themselves, but they are living in that fairy tale. See, when you're a high performer, the one thing you get back that you don't get back, excuse me, is time. You don't get back time. And that is a luxury that high-performing business leaders do not have. So now let's talk about relentless leadership. I'm going to quote Tim Grover's book a bit here, and we're going to discuss some of these concepts. A quote, if you're relentless, there is no halfway, no could, no should, or maybe. I can remember one time I had a leader overseas that came down to the United States in a plant that I was in, and he asked me a question. When is this going to get fixed? My response, it should be done on Thursday. His response to me, what is it with you Americans? You speak in these gray words like should, could, maybe. I just want to know when's it going to get done. Give me a clear answer. And if you can't, I'll find someone else that will. That shocked me into existence, right? That shocked me into that moment in which I said it's going to be done by Thursday. And I stayed 12 hours every day until that job was done on Thursday and I fulfilled that commitment. I was committed to that answer I gave. Should, could, or maybe are gray words, right? And in business, this is called business profanity. You need to decide 
Commit, act, succeed, and repeat. This is the cycle that Tim Grover talks about in his book, that cleaners decide, they commit, they act, they succeed, and then they repeat the process. And that he speaks on the hardest part is repeating that process. So my challenge to business owners, to business leaders in the C-suite, is to hire cleaners, especially if you're in a turnaround situation where you know that everything around you is average. The results you're seeing is average. The way that the teams are speaking to each other is average. And you want to take it to a next level? Hire cleaners. I quote, Greatness makes you a legend. Being the best makes you an icon. If you want to be great, deliver the unexpected. If you want to be the best, deliver a miracle. End quote. See, organizations that want quantum growth need to hire quantum growth leaders. And I'm sorry, you're not going to find that by reviewing a resume in 30 seconds. It takes a cleaner to know a cleaner. So who are the cleaners? Quote, cleaners have a dark side and a zone you cannot enter. They get what they want, but they pay for it in solitude. Excellence is lonely. On YouTube, I have a video that I titled The Relentless Mindset Mantra. You know, I did this before I even read the book, Relentless, and for me, it, it spoke to me personally that, yes, I wasn't alone, that there was this mindset of what Tim Grover calls cleaners, people that are relentless like Michael Jordan, like Kobe Bryant. And if you don't know who Tim Grover is, you should watch the documentary, The Last Dance. You'll see Tim Grover in there when he's talking about Michael Jordan. He was the personal trainer to MJ and to Kobe and others. If there's anyone that was there for the greatest athletes when they experienced their highs and their lows... It was Tim Grover. So I thought it was very interesting as a, as, a, just as a concept to be relentless, but as a book, I thought it was amazing. So that's why I'm going to keep talking about cleaners here. As a, as a business owner, as a leader in the C-suite, hire cleaners. That's my challenge to you, especially if you want to transform. So check out the, the mantra also if you get a chance on YouTube, something that I repeat on a daily basis, and it's really holding myself to the highest standards of leadership, right? So Courage, integrity, honesty, protection, honor, and excellence. These are things that are a part of, are ingrained in my programming when I was rewiring myself. So, cleaners can't be invented by media or hype. They are self-made and whatever they have, they've earned it. They're never in it for the money and the worst thing a cleaner can do is sell out. He knows what he's worth and he'll remind you if you make the mistake of forgetting. But the money is secondary to what really drives him. Because here's the most important thing about a cleaner. The one thing that defines and separates him from any other competitor, he's addicted to the exquisite rush of success. His lust for it is so powerful, the craving is so intense that he'll alter his entire life to get it. And it's still never enough. As soon as he feels it, he tastes it, he holds it, the moment is over, and then he craves more. These are amazing quotes from the book. See, I fell into a trap in which I believed I would have support in a past position that I was in, and boy, was I wrong. See, I was a cleaner. I went into a business to transform that business, to implement lean manufacturing, uh, to be a leader there, and to really implement leadership, situational leadership, and to help frontline leaders in that business grow. I thought I'd be supported, but as a cleaner, I did not fit in. All right, transformation for this organization did not equal challenging the status quo. They didn't want that. They just wanted the same patty cake results that put everybody in their comfort zone. They had subpar leaders reproducing subpar leaders. 
I was taught that you reproduce yourself, and yes, you do. So I always tell the people that report to me or anyone, any business leader that I coach, any entrepreneur I coach, that I could tell what's going on inside that leader's brain by looking at how his area conducts themselves. You reproduce who you are. So subpar leaders reproducing subpar leaders, that is not change. That's not transformation. That is insanity. Transformation in this place meant compliance. They wanted to just put lipstick on the pig on the surface, make people believe they wanted transformation, but really they wanted compliance. With a transformative face, a person that they could blame, and that person ended up being me. I fell into that trap. But mistakes are the portals of discovery. So if you want to know a true sign of a cleaner, he feels no pressure when he screws up and has no problem admitting when he's wrong and shouldering the blame, end quote. See, when you're a cleaner, you take extreme ownership. So how important is organizational change to you? In the last episode, I stated that paradigm is the sinister voice directing you to stay where you're at. Sinister because I believe that paradigm is the devil and the devil is in the details. The voice of the organization is within the rank and file. And if leaders cannot discern where the voice is coming from, then they're not ready for the change. They're not ready for transformation. As a leader, I remember being promoted into a senior leadership role in one organization in the middle of its first union contract. I was completely and constantly on the losing end of the weekly plant report outs. <laughs> it was demoralizing because I'm very competitive, but every week it was the same story over and over again. I used to call my plant the little red caboose, always in the back <laughs> and the smallest part of the train. Now, when the CEO challenged me to produce results, I met that challenge the next day by making a decision to increase uptime in that area. The next day, I remember I came in at 5 o'clock in the morning, I looked to the side, and my whole plant was on the street with picket signs. They went on strike. See, I had a great rapport with the people, a great rapport with the people, but I made a decision, and I had to live with that decision. When the whole organization looked in my direction, I had to own it, and that's what I did. I owned it. When a van pulled up with tables and chairs in front of the building, I had a decision to make. I knew what my training was, so I approached the driver and I told him that he couldn't park in front of the building. After all, that was my building. That wasn't his building, but I wasn't having that, right? Neither was he, though. So the police were called, long story short, police were called and kept watch over the facility for a few hours. On to the next. Quote, a cleaner knows when to walk away and which direction to walk. Never running, always walking. He leaves smoothly and on his own terms. He can lose a battle because he's still planning to win the war. Lose a game but win the season. Lose a season, come back and win the next three. Lose a job, start a new business. No one else is getting the last word on whether he succeeded. Another quote. Create your own pressure to succeed. Don't allow others to create it for you. Have the confidence to trust that you can handle anything. When you can laugh at yourself and not take every setback seriously, that's confidence. So on a side note, I wanted to use one example of a cleaner in action on July the 29th, right? Bud Crawford, if you were paying attention the way he fought Earl Spence, he was relentless. He at that time was a cleaner and he was dancing with the devil for nine rounds. But the devil wasn't Earl Spence, he was himself. And he embraced the challenge. I remember I looked at him through that television screen. I can tell that he was in a zone and completely trusted his own instincts. He harnessed that dark side, 
that Tim Grover talks about. And he was in that zone. As soon as Spence threw a punch, he would catch it and he would shoot. It was a beautiful display of diabolical poetry. That's what I call it, diabolical poetry. Quote, when you're confident, you don't care about what others think. You can take your mistakes seriously, but still laugh because you know you can and will do better. Cleaners always have the confidence to know they'll get it right, accept the consequences, and move on. See, the turnover problem is real. The turnover problem in businesses is real. But it's on the leaders to direct traffic. And when transformation is required, communicating the bigger picture and selling the cause is the thing. Cleaners create opportunities. Who is going to hire a cleaner and get out of their way? That is a challenge to the listener. Which one of you is going to hire a cleaner? Which one of you is a cleaner? See, leaders are masters in their craft and they don't settle for excuses. And just like this is true for your personal leadership, imagine the war that takes place during an organizational transformation. Cleaners don't just fight in wars, they start and they finish them. Let's go into four evidences of average, okay? Four things I wanted to point out when it comes down to average and what it takes to grow. So, the first scenario, goals versus having none. Okay, KPIs, it doesn't stand for keep people interested and, and all these other types. KPIs are key performance indicators and they're metrics. That's it. If you're working out, what's the number in your head? Are you laser focused on it? Are you pushing it higher or are you settling? Look, I've been there, right? No one's around. No one is there to hold your feet to the fire. It's just you against you. Do you push? Or do you hold back? Do you turn 10 to 12? Do you turn 12 to 14? Those are questions that you should ask yourself. Effort versus impact. I mentioned this in my book, The Wall Within. It's all about habit and diagnosing the effectiveness of the behavior against that goal. Is it neutral, beneficial, or detrimental to your success? What personal goals do you have, right? Do you, are, how are you going to commit to organizational goals? This is a question for you. How are you going to commit to organizational goals when you have no personal ones? Sacrifice versus preservation. Personal sacrifice to be the best. It is non-negotiable, right? If you want success and you want goal attainment, you must be relentless toward its realization. Everything you think about, everything you feel, Everything that you do is focused on the B-sort, realizing that goal. You put in grueling hours, you don't complain about it. You work long days, you don't complain. See, when everything hit the fan during a strike at my plant, I chose to live out of a hotel for four days of the week because I needed to be in the building at 5 a.m. till 7 or 8 o'clock p.m. There were no other options. My income didn't increase fivefold because I twiddled my thumbs at work, all right? Just want to make sure that's clear. You are the only one that can dictate your own success. I used my past for fuel. It was and is still my ignition point. See, when average is common law and no results are shown, leaders hide progress. They pivot away from personal accountability and no personal sacrifice is required. Coaching versus redundancy. Are you unafraid to make decisions? Empowering leaders to be accountable, raising the bar for the team and themselves. This is what leaders do. They have discipline and velocity. See, this is why business and life coaches are needed. Because you can't do it by yourself. 
And when I go into a business, I have 51% ownership of that company when I'm hired as a coach. Why? Because your organization is dying and you have lost control of it. Decisions versus suggestions. Steve Jobs said you don't hire smart people so you can tell them what to do. You hire smart people so they can tell you what to do. Right? Fear equals false expectations appearing real. Average leaders are ruled by their imagination. They can't control it. And they conjure up these false ideas that haven't come to fruition in order to create a wall between the current and the future state. A couple things here. Desire without action leads to pestilence. That was stated by William Blake. These types of leaders desire change and success, but they're reluctant in pulling the trigger. It shows in their own inner speech and in their speech to other people, and it reflects in the operations they lead. You know, one quote from Proverbs chapter 22, 13, the lazy one manufactures excuses and says, there's a lion outside. I'll be killed in the streets if I go out to work. This is laziness coming up with excuses that don't exist. False expectations appearing real. So let me state this. Highly successful people make decisions quickly and change them slowly. Whereas lazy people make decisions slowly and change them quickly, right? So four things, goal setting, personal sacrifice, coaching, and decision-making. So average organizations have leaders that struggle with these areas. Relentless leaders are the cleaners that struggle when they are in these organizations and find themselves frustrated with the lack of urgency in the walls that are built preventing them from their own personal growth. I remember I was told by a friend of mine, hey, Ray, I love you, man, but I don't like you. See, because if you fit in, you're not a cleaner. If you're striving for success, but you get emotional when people around you don't support you, it's time to put your big boy pants on and get the job done. When most people are content doing the job, cleaners are busy defining the job. That's it. That's the last piece of today's podcast. I wanted to thank you again for showing up. Until next time, everybody, send me a message on social media. My email is raymond.rivera at rgfirm.net. You can set up an appointment also so we can talk about your coaching to be a relentless leader and skyrocket your growth. I am not playing games here. Don't forget, get out and live. Be brilliant, be brief, and be gone. Until next time, have yourself a great week.